Welcome to Risky Business, a show where we get to explore new and innovative ways to understand and reduce risk by bringing together some of the leading professionals in the transportation and the insurance industry. My name is Scott Grandis. I hope you enjoy the show. Let's kick it off. Well, welcome back to Risky Business. For any of you that are following my podcast here, this is my favorite thing that I do because <laughs> Phil's laughing. <laughs> I'm always I'm always trying to think outside the box. We're trying, and when I say we, Phil and I together are both trying to do this. We're trying to shift an industry here, kind of open people's eyes to new ways of looking at risk and kind of change the shift the paradigm as to how we look at it, how we score it, and how hopefully we save some lives together. So today I have my good friend Phil, my fellow old fashioned drinker from across the pond in Manchester. And I'm excited today to talk a little bit more, I want to say telematics, but today's not really about telematics. It's about data and data and how it all works together, though it does have the telematic component. But anyways, Phil, welcome. Thank you for being here. And uh, no first of all, I absolutely love the jersey. It's about time that wow. you recognize the right best player <laughs> in the NBA. Hi. This is a generational thing. I've got a nine-year-old son who you met last year, obviously, who came over, who's Lakers obsessed. So I did think twice about wearing the Lakers jersey, but I thought, no, no, this is your host. This is your show, so I'll, I'll respect the host and I'll go with the the vintage Jordan first season twenty-three jersey. So that, that's why I'm wearing this. Now wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. The Lakers jersey you have is it the twenty-three for LeBron or is it the six? Hang on, because this is how close we were to wearing it. It's the six. Okay, 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 okay. So you do realize that six is just a multiple of two and three, right? I do, yeah. I do. I do. I know, know all this. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, we'll talk a little bit more about who's the best basketball player of all times, Michael Jordan, in a minute. But uh, yeah, <laughs> Phil, tell us about yourself. Tell us about Matrix. Give us some background. CRO, uh, Matrix, formerly Matrix Telematics, now Matrix IQ. And I can say a bit about why we did that. So Telematics, as you know, it's a very saturated market. There's hundreds and hundreds of people selling the, the wants and wares of, of telematics and cameras and so on. So about a year ago, just over, we pivoted away from just being another telematics black box provider to a, a data company. So we thought, probably time to address the name Matrix Telematics. So we flipped to Matrix IQ, um, hopefully to underline some sort of level of intelligence with the strap line using data connecting data with intelligence or connecting technology with intelligence, I should say, to get our strap line right. But the idea was that we didn't have to sell our hardware in order to gain insight into what's going out there, much on the road, but in, in the wider technology space. So we've changed quite a lot over the years. When I first came to the business, it was very much about drive behavior, data from our box. But now we're looking at applying that data effectively to reduce risk and also gain other benefits. Yeah. So two things. Number one, Anybody that's, that thinks that LeBron James is the best basketball player of all time should not use the term IQ. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. No, but anyways, that's one thing that, you know, I've, I mean, we've been working together for four years now, I think, right? About that? Well, it was pre, it was the last overseas trip pre lockdown. And we yeah. managed to get where we are now between us without a single visit over the well, best part of 18 months, two years or so. And we've done pretty well, I think. Yeah, for sure. But, you know, one of the, I, I think absolutely. And, and so I've seen the shift, you know, think about it. When we first started this, we were, we were shipping out your boxes to everybody, right? And now I think we're probably at 60 or 70% 
uh, API connection versus boxes. So it's been yeah, a big we, shift. We, we tend to see that. And that's part of the, I know one of the questions you always ask me is, you know, focus on what's different about Matrix. And I guess there's, this, there's three areas I always have in my head. And the biggest one really is um, being collaborative with, I guess you could term our competitors. So when we came across this, uh, you know, the OEMs coming to market with their own connected solutions, we thought we have to move away from selling our boxes and deploying our boxes, which is good because there's a saying that hardware eventually breaks and software eventually works, right? So we've got the software working well, but hardware is hardware. It's a logistical headache. It's a cost that people have to, to incur. And working in insurance where the majority of vehicles are connected, we're quite often deploying a device that does exactly what the device already in situ does. So, yeah, we're moving away from deploying devices so we can harvest the data from what's in place. We don't want to interrupt the commercial relationship between um, the supplier, so a geotab and their customer. That's their customer, right? We want the data so we can bring it all together for insurers to get some sort of level playing field because you know we'll score dis- uh, our risk scores differently to how geotab score theirs, how Samsara and Lytic scores theirs. So if you look at an 80% risk score, it means nothing across different providers. So that's a big part of what we do is we bring the data in, we normalize it, and then we can either present it on our platform or we can work with you so you can present it on your platform. And it, it seems to work quite well. Yeah, I, I agree. And if you think about this from an insurance perspective, when you look at you know the, the different ELD providers and camera providers, if I were in their shoes, I would support what you're doing because they can't, it's not realistic to go to an insured and say, oh, you have to switch out all of your hardware because the, the insurer wants to see your data and you have to use these boxes, right? So I think what you guys are doing is absolutely brilliant because insurers can now, insurers now have the ability to say, oh, I can look across all hardware and get a normalized score that means something to me. And I think that's, that's brilliant. We've seen it work. It works wonderfully. The data can be very, very rich and it's, you know, it's all real time stuff. I think it's, it's spectacular. And I think, well, let me let me say one more thing before I say this. So you got a big day coming up, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. What's the, what's so, the now listen, hold on. Before you say anything, before you say anything, <laughs> you have my uh, friends in the London market. If you're listening to this, you need to pay attention now. Put your pencils down and and listen. This is a good one. All right. So tell me, what's the what's the important day? When is it? So August thirty first. It's pitch day in in Lloyd's Lab. Something that you know all too well about. And I've so I've, so I've seen the pain as you've gone through it and you've come out the other end. We're really excited to announce that we've been selected as part of the last 23 companies to make it down to the last 12 companies, I believe, to join cohort 11 of the Lloyd's Lab. Um, so we have pitch day to get through where everyone's votes is crucial to get us through. But I think we've got a real, a really unique proposition and you know, hopefully the audience uh, feel the same and, and vote us in and we can really start to stride forward with sort of the, the mecca of insurance, if you like. Yeah, I, I, I'm so excited for this. And I think, you know, again, any, any of my London friends that are listening, this is a big deal in order to get from pitch day into the lab, uh, Phil needs support. And so it's important to show up to vote and to support him going forward. But why don't you talk a little bit more about, because you guys do a, a tremendous amount in the UK and Europe, maybe talk a little bit about how you've shifted things there. You can keep it as broad or as detailed as you want, and then maybe talk a little bit more about how that's going to translate into what do you want to do for the market? Well, I think it goes back to the old question is in terms of what does telematics do for a risk? What does telematics do for claims? And the answer is quite simply nothing. It, it does nothing. 
Um, we see fleets uh, all the time. They install telematics and think, right, that's a silver bullet. Our fleet's safe. The drivers will drive well. We'll save money on fuel. But unless you proactively use that data, it doesn't do anything. So we talk about, I mean, the eye-watering cost of claims in terms of pulling a, a truck out of a ditch in the States when you told me I couldn't quite believe it. So managing the costs of a, a collision, you know, you can do that quite easily with uh, with telematics data. But we've always thought that prevention is better than a cure. And if we can prevent the claim from happening in the first place, then that's far better for all concerned. You save lives, you save costs, and you, you reduce premiums. So We've always been about using the data, so we have a separate division, and this goes back to the first question about what's different about Matrix IQ. We have a, a, a division called Risk IQ, which looks at proactively using the data. So because we normalize data from multiple sources, we can say to these big fleets who've grown through acquisition and might have several telematics providers, here's your risk. And what we do then is we can launch a series of interventions where we look at the, the bad drivers, typically the lowest 20%, um, we can enroll them in e-learning courses. We can stage remote human-led interventions to bring about an improvement in, in that fleet. So think of it like a waterfall. You catch the lowest 20%, you throw them back to the top, they've improved, the next 20 come down, and you keep on improving that risk. We first sort of caught on to this years ago when we looked at a fleet of sort of set-top box engineers. I don't know if that translates. So over here we have Sky and BT that provide cable effectively, and quite a lot of engineers on the road, a fleet... Uh, grew from about 200 vehicles to 500 pretty much overnight. Um, they went to market uh, with a, a very poor uh, insurance claims history, and they were quoted £1,200 per bonnet on the renewal. So they came to us, we fitted telematics, and we went through a process of actually having these human-led interventions uh, where we look at the lowest performing drivers, like I say, we intervene with them, we improve them, and they go on. So in a relatively short space of time, after six months, we go back to market and start talking about their, their renewal process and saying, rather than cap in hand, please, sir, insure our fleet, we went with them and said, look at the difference we've made to this fleet. You know, They were incurring 100 tyre replacements a month over 500 vehicles. That's not wear and tear. And we started to see that the majority of those drivers in the red went to amber in our scoring matrix, and the ambers went to green. So we could say, look where they've got, look where they were, look where they've got to, and we helped secure them uh, an £850 per bonnet renewal. And this is going back to three or four years now, so quite a while ago. Since then, we've evolved the process of human-led intervention, we've automated a lot of it, and we're able to use automated e-learning uh, modules to help improve that risk. So really, we're trying to shift the needle on improving the risk ahead of managing the claims, because you improve the risk, you don't need to, uh, to manage the claim. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and I think that's the that's the critical part right there is and I hear this all the time, you know, there's all this data floating around out there. How do you capture it properly? How do you make sure that you tell the story properly? And then, you know, how do you help folks put stuff in place to, to change the story? And that's huge. Well, the problem, one of the problems you've got is you've got all this data, but it's all siloed. So one of the things that we're both doing actually is trying to put this data into one place. So if you think of you've got telematics over here, then you might have your license checking data here. You've got fuel spend here, service maintenance repair cost here. I've mentioned claim da claims data, your claims data as well. So once you can start overlaying them on top of each other, you soon realize actually you don't have to trade safety off against financial savings because if you drive safer, then you will spend less in fuel. You know, it's that linear. So we're trying to present all that data in one place so people can see, actually, we know there's a link there between driver behavior and fuel spend. We know there's a link there between driver behavior and claims frequency and claims cost. How do we prove it? 
and that's what we're doing. We're pulling all this data into one place. And that's really been the message that we've led into to Lloyd's lab, really, with this, you know, we're looking to remove some of the barriers that ensure a space and trying to make sense of this data and then prove that, that the trend links between behavior and, and risk. Yeah. And you have a new thing coming up, right? Or it's out. We do. It's yeah. out. It's out. We're only launching in the US soon as well. Over here, it's called Root IQ, but over there, it's called Route IQ. Um, just to get that right. So, welcome to um, it. <laughs> <laughs> it raises a good point. So we've actually just taken on two new people that are working with us. Uh, so, hello to Cindy and Tim to really start pushing this. But Route IQ, really, it's on the face of it, it's route optimization or route optimization, uh, tomato, tomato, but um, it's more than that. So, with, with the Route IQ solution, we we look at a number of things. Because we can smart link data into our platform, regardless of who the provider is, we do a number of processes to try and make the fleet more efficient. So this is typically advantageous of fleets making multiple stops or drops, so your courier fleets, your facility management fleets, that sort of thing. We look at the jobs, we look at the journeys, and we do a benchmarking exercise where we sort of say, give us two weeks worth of data, and we'll see where you've been, what jobs you've done, and which vehicles did them. And then we'll do two things after that. We'll resequence the jobs, so we'll reorder them in the most efficient way. And then we'll also reallocate those jobs. So we'll start to put the right jobs to the right vehicles. So you shouldn't have as much crossover on routes or routes as you're currently seeing. But beyond that, there's a much wider plan with the, the route to carbon net zero. So the electrification of vehicles, it's not just as simple as saying, well, that vehicle averages 50 miles a day. Therefore, we can put that in a, uh, you know, we can transition that to electric. It could be 100 miles away from an EV charge station. So by overlaying the charging infrastructure and a few more sort of points that we need to consider as well, we can start to recommend which vehicles in a fleet can transition realistically to, to electric. And then you're into a whole world of, of decarbonization and ESG benefit. Yeah, dude, that's, that's, that's the big thing, which leads us to the, our, another project we have, right? Every time I talk to somebody, they're like, how many projects do you have in the hopper? <laughs> well, that's it. We, we've got an opportunity, haven't we, here? And theoretically, and this will need a, uh, an insurance brain, and we've got one in mind, haven't we, to, to come and help us with this. But if we're optimizing vehicles and we're reducing the, the mileage traveled by anywhere up to 30%, there's a risk calculation there. If you're traveling fewer miles, you're less likely to be involved in a collision. So therefore is there a chance here to wrap this into an insurance product? And that's what we're really trying to build here is uh, a route optimization, route optimization mandated uh, insurance product. Well, and that's, that's a, uh, you know, listen, that's a little shout out to, uh, what's that? Hashtag Chris Moore. <laughs> Chris. Well, I didn't know if you mentioned his name or not. So yeah, now we mentioned the name. Oh, we, we both fine. came up with the same name, didn't we? So yeah. Every, everybody knows he's the innovator out there. So uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's heard a little bit of it. He's excited about it, but yeah, I think, yeah, the opportunity is huge. And, you know, when you think about, when I think about the final mile space here in the U.S., a lot of these companies are 20 to 50 vehicles, maybe. And, you know, to, to stop the day to day to think about carbon footprints, electric vehicles, road optimization, and that crossover that needs to happen, you know, as, as we move forward to go look at this grant thing, I think creating that, um, fuel, I don't want to say fuel efficiency, but carbon reduction in a box, if you will, right? And yeah. help folks understand in a, in, a, in a fashion that they can afford and do because they're smaller, help them understand here's how to optimize the routes. And then here's your breaking point to bring in electric vehicles. And oh, by yeah. the way, if we put together the right algorithm and the right data, 
you know, we can also do something unique with your insurance, which is to get to a, a mileage based model uh, in the final mile space, which I think is huge. And then you got to backfill that with the right drivers and all that good stuff. But dude, I think it's a huge opportunity. I'm super excited about it. Yeah. And I think the whole world is looking at ESG, whether you're a, an insurance company looking at your yeah, your corporate strategy on ESG or whether you're a fleet looking to reduce your carbon emissions, it's really at the forefront of what we're thinking as, as a business and has been over the last couple of years, even down to the fact we changed the branding from green, sorry, from blue to green, you know, for many reasons, green means good generally in a scoring algorithm, but, um, or a scoring presentation, but green is, is green for the environment. So that's one of the big things we're trying to, to encourage. And that's another benefit really of, of SmartLink that we've put out to, to, uh, to many people is that the cost of producing a plastic box, shipping that plastic box to us, then shipping it across to you, then sending an engineer out on the road to go and fit that box. You know, there's a calculation there. What's the, what's the footprint of that, that box? So if we can smart link data from what's already there, yeah. there's no devices having to go to landfill. There's no shipping uh, CO2. It, it's all for the, for the greater good. Yeah. And I think too, I'm excited about some of the stuff we're working on. I can't, say the names of them, but we're going to start to get into some of the collision mitigation technology. You know, that's something we're going to work on together and bringing that data uh, down in and seeing how that overlays with everything else. I think that's exciting. And the more that we get towards these electric vehicles, I think the more data we're going to be able to get out of them. And then autonomous vehicles, oh my goodness, imagine, imagine what that brings. That brings a whole nother level of data. Well, that raises a huge question mark, doesn't it? And I did hear the Chris Moore podcast um, earlier in the series, and it does raise the question, you know, people can relate to a driver, um, you know, working all the hours he can to provide for his family, but can they relate to a big corporate autonomous vehicle manufacturer who's not done enough testing on a vehicle and it's involved in a collision? So I think he articulated the point far more eloquently than I just have there, but um, I, I know where it's coming from in that we've got machines versus humans you know, one you can accept an error from, one you can't accept an error from. So, yeah, good luck, insurance company. Thankfully, that's not my battle. <laughs> Those guys can sort same. that one out. We'll we'll provide the data. <laughs> same, same here, same here. It just reminds me of the old uh, Night Rider series, right? Kit, the car kit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> David Hasselhoff's debut, Night Rider. <laughs> hey, that, there's an endorsement we need to bring into the equation right there. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's awesome. Now, you know, one of the other things I'm excited about is, and this is one of the projects you and I are talking about again, we'll remain nameless, is, and I know you guys do this already, but going right into the computer systems of the trucks and getting the data right from the OEM, that's huge too, because now you're getting all kinds of stuff and it's coming right, right from the truck itself. You guys are doing that already, right? Yeah, we're doing that already. Um, we connect. We actually connect in the UK and Europe with the, the largest supplier of tachographs as well. Um, so when you start to get into the, the regulated industry where drivers should be taking mandated rest breaks and they're not doing, well, how does that tie into their risk profile and how does that tie into the claims history? But yeah, the, there's a newer vehicles come out. You're integrating with computers, like you say, rather than machines, the, the, the mechanical uh, objects. So the amount of data is frightening. So it's about pulling out the pertinent points that, that we can relate to risk and, and enable the, uh, the, the betterment of, of risk management. Yeah, I think that's a game changer. I'm super excited about that part of it, that and the collision mitigation and seeing how all that stuff kind of overlaid uh, together. But, it, that's gigantic. It, it, but the market just plays into what we're trying to do as well because to, to fit an aftermarket driver management and fatigue system, you know, it's a huge undertaking. We can do it and we do do it, but 
it's far nicer for us to pull something that's been manufacturer fitted, you know, mobile iron hour in most new vehicles across the world. So, you know, pulling data out of those machines is, is far easier than trying to replicate that with an aftermarket device and far more reliable uh, as well. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. So, so what do you see next? Where are you headed? Well, all I can see next is Lloyd's Lab. That's uh, I, I can't see past the thirty first of August. So, hopefully, we'll uh, we'll record a follow up to this post thirty first of August, oh, and I'll have a smile on my face. If not, I'll burn this jersey as a token of bad luck and, and stick to the LeBron, LeBron jersey. But, Don't um, on me. Come on. <laughs> either way, we'll consume a, an old fashioned one or another. But but no, in all seriousness, the Lloyd's Lab is huge for us. We do see that as the, the heart of, of insurance, um, not just here, but you know we've seen how you've um, done well you know, with that, that backing from, uh, from from your experience in the lab. Um, I know the, the InsureTech corridor that we're partnered with in Connecticut, they're, they're really pleased for us to be in there. We've, we've got a huge time with them in growing into the US. So my focus personally, uh, the Lloyd's Lab, and obviously growing the US market with insurance services, but also the MagTrack product through, through partnerships over there, and then I guess as we, we try, we're trying to avoid being everything to everyone, but we do have a, a separate side of the business, which is taking off in the IoT space. And that's quite a broad term, IoT. But what we're trying to do is reapply the technology that we have for vehicles in other sectors. So if we take, for example, the utility sector, it's one of the least digitized sectors out there. So we have proof of concept trials underway with things like um, gas pipeline monitoring. I've got to be careful what I can and can't say here, but gas pipeline monitoring so we can monitor the conditions of, of pipelines where traditionally they've had to send helicopters and people down walking the physical pipelines to, to assess whether there's been any agricultural or building infringements on pipelines, um, looking at the detection of, of gas leaks um, through technology. And then the big one that I think you're aware of is, is ATM theft, looking at how we can better track ATMs being stolen, literally ripped out the wall and blown out the wall with explosive gas. So there's there's more to it. I can't really say much about that, but um, I think that will start to form a huge part of what we do moving into the the second half of next year. But um, yeah, back back to the 31st of August. That's all I can see for now. <laughs> that's awesome. You know what I, I I I hope I hope everybody's listening because I think you getting into the lab would be amazing. I think the market needs to to hear this because it's it's a game changer you know again from what i see and again i'm using the term telematics it's more about intelligence right but you know telematics in the insurance space people talk about it but it's not easy it's not easy and i think what you guys do makes it easier because you don't have to worry about all that hardware so i'm excited let's talk about vegas for a second since you're uh yeah you're gonna, you're gonna be a vegas virgin Oh my God! God bless your liver, man. You're gonna have a hard time. <laughs> so we're doing the InsureTech conference. This is gonna be our first, our first joint conference together. I'm excited. You excited? Yeah, I am very. So InsureTech Connect, and that's the one that everyone's fingers been pointing towards. So uh, InsureTech Australia will be there. We've got the uh, InsureTech Corridor representing there as well. And it just made sense to, to collaborate because. You know, everything you guys win over there, we benefit from, and everything we win over there, we can look to bring you guys in and upsell to. So it just seems like the team, the team works essentially. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that. First time in Vegas, um, like, like you say, I'm not too sure about the trip home. I've, I've managed to somehow land myself on a night flight to New York with a 13 hour layover, then another night flight back to the UK. So I'm more worried about the way home than the uh, the time out there. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, I'll make sure that you see all the. Uh 
the interesting sides of Vegas. That's what I'm worried about. <laughs> oh no, it's gonna it's gonna be a good trip. I'm excited about it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm excited about where the, all this is headed. I think this is all amazing. Again, I think that the market in London, specifically with this Lloyd's Lab pitch day, dude, they got to they have to hear what you're talking about. I think you're going to get a lot of support. I think so. I think so. I mean, everywhere we've spoken about it. Um, well, first of all, we've been to a, a couple of big conferences in the US, and the first response is what you guys can pull data from aftermarket telemetry because there are a few people pulling data from OEMs. That, that data is fairly readily available, but what we've been told time and time again that nobody else can do is pull data from OEM, pull data from aftermarket TSP. We've got just over 60 integrations now in different TSPs and supply our own hardware for those vehicles that aren't connected. No one's doing that right now. So the message is good. We have a few early adopters. And the big barriers we always faced in the old days of, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Insurer, can we supply you with our telemetry? Well, we have something in place. or We have a similar box or can we reduce the price of the box? It's always a barrier fitting that box. So if we can remove that barrier, then you know, it's endless the possibilities that we can, can bring to the table. I agree. I agree. Well, I'm excited. I think we're going to have a lot of fun together. We got <laughs> we got we got a lot more work to do. <laughs> I was just yeah, a lot more work. I can't sleep. I can't take vacations. I can't. Uh, well, you know that. I mean, I did take. I think I took. I think I took three days off. Or I actually turned. I didn't even know how to turn my out of office on on my. Outlook. I, I haven't done it in twenty years. Well, you, you know, you, you and I took a break in uh, in the hills, hills, mountains, the desert. <laughs> it's not a hill over there, is it? Um, we, we took a break, and you know, even then, um, you're always pretty much on, on your phone. Um, so there's no there's no time off, is there? Really? I forget who it is. Uh, not Rage Against the Machine. Uh, there's a song. There ain't no rest. Where, ain't no rest for the wicked. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, money don't grow on trees. And money, money in life ain't free. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, listen. Thanks for being on. Uh, you know, I love you, man. This is uh, this is going to be a fun journey. It's been a fun journey already. We've had our. Oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. One more question. One more question. So, if you get into the lab, are you going to rent the same house in East Croydon? I think we're going to have people in London that are going to want to know the answer to that question. Absolutely not. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> I think um, the, the experience that I've had in East Croydon uh, has put me off. Sorry to any East Croydon natives listening or watching this, but uh, yeah, if Scott offers you the opportunity to go to a certain pub in a certain part of a certain town called East Croydon, I'd, I'd just say, you know, say you're washing your hair that night like I should have done. <laughs> the old tavern, it's a, listen. Life is about stories, right? We have good stories. We do. We do. Probably not fit for this podcast, but um, yeah, it was a, it was a good story. But uh, no, I think we'll be we'll be staying fairly local to the lab. But uh, I won't need to be staying there every weekend. So I'll be I'll be up and down. I'll be using that uh, West Coast main line. So hopefully the the uh, the strikes will be in our favour and we can get up and down quite easily. But uh, yeah, we're throwing everything at it, and um, yeah, looking forward to it. So I think between demo, demo days, sorry. Pitch day is the 31st. Demo day is the 6th of December. So that's uh, a lot of work to be in between then. So around about the 6th or 7th of December, I can put my feet up, I think. There you go. There you go. Awesome. <laughs> well, listen, you know, you know I'm pulling for you. I think uh, I think this is something good that the market needs. Um, fingers, legs, toes crossed. The 31st. I'm, I might try. I got to see if I can get out there to be for pitch day. Uh, if not, I can tune in electronically. Yeah, tune in. I'll be the, I'll be there one way or another. 
Yeah, I know you will. <laughs> awesome. Well, listen, thanks for being here. And uh, no worries. we're going to go kick some ass and uh, we'll talk more soon. Sounds good. Take right. care. Right. August 31st. Vote for Phil. We need a telephone number here, don't we? I'll have him put it on subliminal messages. Right? Subliminal <laughs> <messages>. <laughs> All right. See you, my friend. Peace. Take care. I hope you enjoyed our show today. Remember, when it comes to creativity and innovation, I always like to quote one of my favorite lines out of the movie Tommy Boy. If you ain't growing, you're dying. There ain't no third direction. My name's Scott Greenbus. I'll see you on the next show. Peace.